Bet on Bears fans, Wednesday edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. We're all uh, in different spots on a holiday weekend. This is not Jason McKee. This is no. John Yurkovich, no. the good kid in the building. My last day here, so it's best. Ch- uh, best ch- oh, best this uh, little vacay coming your way? Well, it's not vacay. I mean, I just took two days, Thursday and Friday. Little back to Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. No, I'm not going anywhere, but, you know, you've yeah, got we'll vacation stay. days. you yeah. got to use those vacation days. Otherwise, you lose them. Use them or lose them, so yeah. I'm using them. I'm not mad at it. I'm Thursday, not mad at it. Friday, Monday, because it's the holiday, and then back to work Tuesday. Wait, what you got planned? Kick on off the, uh... the old 2024. I'm going to be in Whiting. Yeah? Whiting, Indiana, counting down the pierogi drop. <laughs> the pierogi big drop? pierogi festival every single year in uh, in uh, in Whiting, Indiana, yeah. and they commemorate the new year with the big pierogi drop. So I'll be there counting it down. ABC 7, Channel 7 will be there. Uh, they'll have a couple people there, and uh, it'll be 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, boom, 2, 1. Happy New Year. Yeah, so it'll yeah. be a festive occasion, and I'll be working, obviously, here on New Year's Eve doing of the course. Bears game. Then after that, back to Northwest Indiana. Uh, probably go to get a little uh, a little food, a little steak, something special, fill oh. up a couple of bellies, maybe stop at the casino, and then off to Whiting. Off to Whiting. Off to Whiting, Indiana for the uh, pierogi drop. No, man. hey, you got to love it. Got to love it. Festive. Somebody's got to count it down. Somebody's got to do it. You're, we want to yeah. dive into your NFL knowledge tonight. Oh, boy. And we want to sit here and uh, ask you about the ever-loving question that's flying through the NFL. Uh-huh. Who is the NFL MVP? Uh, wide open this year. Wide open this year. I don't even know if I care. <laughs> I love and, it. And uh, I'll tell you why I don't really care who the NFL MVP is. Yeah, First, yeah, yeah. I don't have a wager on it, so I don't really give a rest. There's no money involved, right? Whether it'll be Brock Purdy, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's Christian McCaffrey, whether it's Tyreek Hill, uh, whether it's Dak Prescott, any of them, it doesn't make a difference to me. I think we approach this year's playoffs with it being more wide open than it's ever been. Yeah. And that kind of excites me. The fact that anything can happen in this year's playoffs and who's going to be the NFL, uh, you know, the the Super Bowl champion, I think is the question that's legitimately out there. And I don't know if there's a clear cut favorite right now. This is kind of what the NFL wanted, right? For me, I feel like I look at a lot of these teams, and I'm like, you guys are kind of just a bunch of mediocre teams, and then there's the two or three best. But this is what the NFL wanted. They wanted the parity. They want a bunch of teams. Who are the two or three best? I would say you're probably talking uh, Ravens. I would say you're talking San Francisco. I know they just had the bad game, but I think overall their body of work's been pretty good. I would say Miami and... I, I think that's probably your three best in the NFL right now. I think it's hard to keep a Dallas level of, maybe, but on two games losing there. I think it's hard to keep a level of excellence over the course of a 17, 18 week season. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, you're going to have a lull. At some point, you can't maintain the intensity that you've had in the right. past, uh, whether it's injury or whether it's fatigue. You know, Frisco just was on a six game winning streak. At yeah. some point, you're going to end up losing a game. Um, I I never say, like, losing is good for you, but at some time getting kind of smacked upside the head. Brings you back down to earth. Especially going into the playoffs helps you bring back down to earth. I think the game benefits San Francisco. Losing to Baltimore, believe it or not, I believe benefits San Francisco. Now you take a look at what you did, what mistakes you made, how they attacked you, how they went about the business and making things happen against you. Yeah. And then you get a chance to adjust if you do end up meeting them in the Super Bowl. Because when I when I looked at it at the beginning, I said at the beginning, like six weeks ago, I said San Francisco, 
against uh, Dallas is what I believe the NFC Championship yeah. game. And the AFC, I thought it was a little more wide open, but it's kind of narrowing down now. So it could be the Baltimore Ravens going up against uh, the Miami Dolphins. Kansas City really looks like they backtracked. Buffalo could be that outlier of the team. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah, Buffalo could be the Buffalo, team Buffalo, I, I throw out. in there, too. They're getting hotter. The well, I mean, out. everybody wants to blame Matt Nagy, and, and I guess that's popular. At some point, you run out of talent. And when your number one guy is Kadarius Tony, Yeah. And naturally, over the course of the last five, six seasons, that that the quarterback Mahomes has been here, um, he's had a young Travis Kelsey. But now Travis Kelsey's the only option. You know, Carmen said Juju Schuster-Smith or whatever his name is, Smith-Schuster. Yeah, but he was a viable option. He caught the ball when it was thrown, though. He, he could catch. He can catch the ball. Yeah. Um, when you've got guys that have tremendous talent that can't catch the ball, that becomes a problem. And it becomes a problem over the course of, of the year. You can hide it for a while, but then you see it on film. Then you can't hide it no more. Yeah. And we're going to say, okay, we're going to cover Kelsey, and we're going to make this guy beat us. And this guy can't beat you. So every team now goes, what are we going to do? We're going to shut down Kelsey, and we're going to make that guy beat us. Yeah. And that guy can't beat us. So you can take away a weapon. You can take away a weapon. But taking away multiple weapons over the course of time, and running backs aren't weapons. They're just guys. You can take away a number of your wide receiver options away, and then your tight end gets old. And now your tight end gets old, and you take away your weapons. And now they know that the only guy that can beat you is the old tight end yeah. who's getting beat up and beat up and beat up even more. Now who's going to step up and beat you? Now they got number four on that team is a pretty good player, but he's still a young player developing. Sky Moore is that Sky? No, Moore? it's number not four? Sky Moore. Is fifteen. Sky Moore uh, begins 15. with an R. Reynolds, Rice, Rare, Rare. Oh, Rashi yeah. Rice, right? Rashi Rice. Rice. Yeah. So, so he's a young kid that looks like he might be something, but right now he's developing into being yeah, something. Yeah. So you know you're trying to develop stuff with those individuals. Uh, you look at Green Bay. In the development, Christian Watson was supposed to be the guy that developed. Dobbs was supposed to be the guy, but now they got the Jaden Reed kid. Is that his name, Jaden yes, Reed, or I got 100%. the wrong guy? No, Jaden Reed. Yeah, Jaden Reed kid, who's surpassed both of them. Yeah. And has actually become their legitimate stud-wide receiver there. So, you know, that's something to uh, take a look at. Okay, we drafted this Watson kid, and this Watson kid hasn't really produced. He hasn't come in there. So you don't know who the guy of Kansas City is going to be to produce. Right. You're bringing him in. You're hoping somebody, you know, makes it happen. I think Darnell Mooney, if I'm Darnell Mooney, I go to my agent, give me to Kansas City now. One year, $3 million deal, proven contract with big bonuses for uh, the amounts of catches and the amounts of yards. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, if, if we are successful in Kansas City, then we don't want to leave Kansas City. We want to stay in Kansas City. Um the options here in Chicago at quarterback for Justin Fields are DJ Moore, Cole Komet, running back. Right. That's one, two, three. Your second receiver is not option two in this, not, not in this offense, but to Justin Fields. So that's option number four. And how many times you actually get to number four? Not if it's often. not a broken play. Yeah. Not if often. it's a broken play, you can find number four. Yeah. But that's the only way. When you're scrambling, when you're trying to get away, then you you, you, you have a guy miss you, then you come back. Now number four becomes an option or somebody who's open on the half of the field that I'm looking for. So um, I think Mooney's going to benefit by a change of address and a change of quarterback. But if I was him and his agent, I'd be going directly to Kansas City and saying, whatever contract you want to give me, just put some bonuses in there because I know I'm going to fire here. I know I'm going to be able to get the football, and I know I'll be able to do something. But being the second receiver here in Chicago, uh, and let me tell you how this works now. You got Marvin Harrison Jr. in here. 
Same thing. Say he becomes number one. Yeah. And DJ becomes number two. Yeah. So who sacrifices? It is it is the one thing that I've asked with with this Bears team, right? That there is a limitation from Justin Fields. And it's not to say he can't move the ball down the field. He can't find his guy. But when he has his guy, that's his guy. That's the guy he's going to throw to. DJ Moore right now is the guy that's getting the football. When they took DJ when DJ Moore got hurt, right? He went to Cole Komet. We still never saw Darnell Mooney get involved in that. To me, that is one of the limitations that your quarterback has because his one and two are not his wide receivers, right? Darnell Mooney had a great relationship with him, and now he's taking a little bit of a step back. My biggest concern, uh, two biggest concerns with wide receiver. One, with Marvin Harrison, is he going to come in and he's going to have the same level of impact as DJ Moore, or is he going to have the same level of impact as Darnell Mooney? Who's your number one who's your number two? Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. When Justin Fields is your quarterback, your number one guy is still going to be your number one guy. Yeah. But if that's Marvin Harrison, then what happens to DJ Moore? That's the question. I, I can tell you what's going to happen. They're going to look very Mooney-esque. Yeah. And then you're going to have an unhappy DJ Moore on the bench. An unhappy Darnell Mooney, nobody cares about. Right. But if you have an unhappy DJ Moore on the bench because he's number two wide receiver and Harrison, and if Harrison comes here and he's not getting the football. Right. You can bet your sweet ass that, <laughs> that 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 Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to be a happy camper There's either. It's going to be some George nah. Pickens. Uh, I mean, George it, Pickens has conversation. It's not Peyton Manning with DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. You know when they had Reggie Wayne and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. That that offense flew. If Marvin flew, Harrison, yeah, yeah, Dallas Clark, yeah. Everybody was getting their piece Everybody of the pie. Eats. Everybody's getting the football. So um, it's different here in Chicago. It's just yeah. the way it is. Justin Fields, your quarterback. It's different in Chicago, and the, the the hierarchy of receivers are DJ Moore, tight end, running back, second wide receiver. Yeah, I'd like to be a fourth wide receiver on this team. Wow, <laughs> Tyler Scott. Wow, <laughs> Valus Jones. Uh, anybody? Yeah, anybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're passing after afterthought. So it is the way it is, though. This is what it is. That's how it's going to be with Justin Fields. Um, whether you like him or whether you don't like him, that's the offense. And that's the progression. Uh, uh, interesting. Somebody broke down and uh, talking about the two quarterbacks um, that we have here in Chicago, and they looked at Tyson Bage and they said, "When Tyson Bage is under center, he allows his weapons to be the best athletes on the field. When Justin Fields is under center, Justin Fields is the best athlete on the field, and sometimes that takes away from it." Now, not to say Tyson Bage is the end all, be all at the quarterback position. I don't believe that he is, but I do think that we see that where Justin has one, two. Me. <laughs> and I think that that a lot of times. That's hold, not a bad thing. Right. Because he is that's not the, the best worst, athlete right. on that, the field. That's not the worst thing in the world. Right. But as an offensive coordinator, you have to know what the limitations are. Yeah. And then you have to work around those limitations. So you got you might have to take uh, 60% of your playbook and throw it in the garbage and start designing stuff that's going to be uh, – that's going to try to make your quarterback and his tools and his assets that he has to be successful. But you got to, as an offense coordinator, then be willing to take your ego and just throw it in the garbage and, and find something that's going to help your quarterback be a better football player. I think that's the biggest change that Lamar Jackson had. It may happen here. It may not happen here, but Lamar had John Harbaugh who literally went, Oh, he's never going to be a pocket passer. And he and he recognized it immediately. Right. Didn't right. take any time. Didn't he's like, we need to change to what he does best. Right. We don't need him to change well, to what we want. After to game do best. two, Justin Fields told you he wasn't a pocket passer. Remember? Second well, he, game of the year, he said, I, I don't like this. He said, I, I'm getting too I much don't information. Like this. 
well, too much information. He goes, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like standing there having to do what a, a quarterback has to do. Yeah. I don't like it. This is not what I do well. You put me in a position to be successful. He's basically pleading for them. Please don't drop me back in the pocket. Don't let me stay here. You know, you could always start somebody in the pocket and then move them. Yeah. You know, start them in the pocket and then move them. The problem is when you limit an offense to half the football field, you truly are limiting yourself. Okay. Limit yourself to half the field. You are limiting yourself. You do not have a robust offense. Now, the only thing they can do is they can run the ball, and they've got an offensive line, I believe, and if they make improvements at the center, I I, I think they've got an even better offensive line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, well, Whitehair and Patrick actually played halfway decent against Arizona. That's because 98 on the other side was garbage. <laughs> he was garbage hey. on the other side. Hey. My God. <laughs> I mean, he was stuck at the line of scrimmage on a double. Lucas Patrick got called for a holding. The, the guy looked like he was loving it. Yeah. I'm Velcroed on. I throw a hand up, and the guy that hadn't thrown a flag all day felt like, well, they're not going to pay me if I don't flow, throw a flag. So he threw one on a, a, a I thought a, that was a clean play. A mystery holding call. You yeah, want to know yeah, about yeah. mysteries. Wasn't that, that was on the Justin Fields run to the left, yeah. I believe? Yep. The NFL yeah, officiating yeah. is that it's very worse this year. It's just bad, and the part-time guys are always going to be part-time guys just the way it is. I think they've put too much crap in their heads that we know it's a penalty, but don't call the penalty if this, 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 this. I saw Joey Porter interfere with a wide receiver of the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. They interfere with him in the end zone. He's trying to make a great catch. He's got one hand on the ball, and he's being tackled by Joey Porter Jr. in the end zone. And they show the slow-mo from the camera that's above the quarterback, and you could see it. It's plain as day. He was interfered with the whole time. Yeah. The whole time he was being interfered with. Nothing. And you look at the official, and it's like, they're clueless. They've got no idea. And if they got headsets on, I wonder if they're getting the directions from up above, mm. which is the worst. Get the headsets out of your ears. Get them out of your ears. I don't want to see anything in there. Any earpieces in there, for me, no good. Because no it, 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 it is at an... I agree with you. NFL officiating is pr it's probably the worst of all sports. Oh, it's terrible. It's it's the worst of all sports. It's terrible. And there and there's there's so much protection for them after the fact. I think about right the Justin Fields first hail mary that clearly wasn't an interception. Clearly, right. like there they was never, they never turned it over. The ball touches the ground yeah. Yeah. completely. Yeah. After the game, because it was called as a the play was an interception. They allowed the play to stand. And I feel like that was the biggest issue when they had the, you got a challenge on pass interference and things like that. Guys were too proud to say I was wrong. Well, the change of possession too. Yeah. I change of possessions automatically supposed to go under review because you, but because you went in a halftime, what'd you do? The guy have to go pee. The guy upstairs, did he have to go pee? Yeah. Did he have to go to the bathroom? Did he have to go get himself a hot dog? Did he have to get in line first at the, uh, uh, the little luncheon thing they have at yeah, halftime yeah. up there for him? What is it that he didn't do? Why didn't he do his job? Why didn't he come back and say, hey, that's an incomplete pass. That's not an interception. We adjust it. You know, as we go on, the kid will find out after the game that we ruled an incomplete pass. So, What's it like trying to adjust to an inconsistent ref, like a referee that, like, starts the game calling something a little looser? Well, that, that's hard. And then hard. in the second half, like, that's, oh, that's a flag, that's a flag, that's, that's a flag. That's tough on defensive backs, and it's tough on receivers. That's who it's the toughest on. Yeah. Um, offensive line and defensive line, we usually don't have to put up with any of that. Uh, there's holding on every play. It's just if they decide to call it. Uh, theoretically, it's got to be at the point of attack. Can't be on the backside. It's got to be at the point of attack. And the play has to be going for positive yardage. 
if the what they say is you're being held and the play is for no yards or negative one yards, there's no penalty. Right. They don't want you to call the penalty on that. So they put so many caveats where right. even though it's the penalty, but we don't want you to call that penalty if it's for no yardage, even though it's at the point of attack and it's bad. They get graded down for that. So while you're seeing stuff, you see a holding call. Now you got to go back in your mind and you got to go, okay, what are my 27 caveats to not call this penalty? Boom, boom, boom. Does any of what I'm thinking about call? That's why you see hesitancy. That's why you see two referees looking at each other going, um, what are we doing? Yeah. What kind of call should we make here? <laughs> because they know what the call should be, but now they got to go through all the stupid caveats they got in their brain that uh, if this, then that, then only this and not that when, you know, and it's crazy. It's the stupidity that they've created. And part of it is the officials and old officials that have come in here and they advise everybody. And then they say, oh, but if this, well, this would be a holding call, but this and that and that. And no, it either is a holding call or it's not a holding call. Yeah. That's why the refereeing in the NFL is horrific and it's bad. And it's terrible. It, it, it is. And how do you wager on games? I, I would never, ever wager on an NFL game knowing that the officials have so much subjectivity in it. it it's brutal. It's awful. The, the the NFL is at a point. I mean, like it's the only league I've ever seen where because a call is bad, gambling sites will say, we'll give you your money back. Well, they do it in <laughs> soccer sometimes, too. Do they? Yeah, they'll do it in soccer sometimes. Now, soccer's got a direct thing to the thing, and they got VAR, and they got all types of craziness out there. They've got their own dilemmas and problems out in Europe for soccer, but they're, 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 it's problematic out there, too. Would you ever want to move away from – uh, almost co going to the point where there's not the ro like the robot ump, like a, a no, no, uh, eye in the no, sky. You gotta have the officials on the field. I prefer my officials to be about thirty five. Yeah, 40, yeah we, got, you know, be <laughs> we got some spry old guys be, out be, here running. Your be physically fit. I mean, that'd be my preference. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, but some guys in their fifties and sixties are in pretty good shape and can fly up and down the field. But you Hockey certainly Junior still you, out there. You have yeah with he, the yes, gun show. Yes, yes. You have to be able to get up and down the football field. Yeah. And if you can't get up and down the football field, you know, you got a limp, you got something, you can't be out there. Yeah. You know, because your inability to move, you know, vision things too. I listen, we all got contacts, we all got everything. But listen, you got to be able to see what the hell's going on also. Yeah, so. there's there's some of those guys out there with I'm, the glasses yeah. on. I'm like, I can see the prescription in the camera. I, I That's mean, a thick one. We had good officials back in the day, they'd come talk to you. They'd be, you know, hey, listen, if you do it again, I'm going to have to call it. Don't, yeah. don't do that. You know, they go to the offensive line and say, listen, you're starting to get outside. You get outside, I got to call it. So Bears fans have had a lot of beef with officials when it comes to Justin Fields. They feel like he's not protected. Well, he's field. not. And and that the, the, the referees not. are basically just looking at him and saying, you're he's a runner, not. you're supposed to get hit. No, nah, that's, that, that's not what they're saying. They're saying, well, he didn't mean it. That's what they're trying to say. Well, he didn't mean it. He tried to lay off. He didn't really hate you, which doesn't make a difference. Yeah. They used to breathe on Tom Brady. Somebody got a penalty. Yeah. Tom would be mad. And he'd look at the official and the official would go, oh, sorry, Tom. Let me throw a flag in the air. Let me call something on these guys because you look upset. So uh, Cam Newton was the first guy that was victimized by that. And it was it was terrible. It was terrible. The minute you give your – I mean, they're marking you back. When you give up your slide, it's not even when you hit the ground. It's like when you start thinking about sliding. Yeah. I mean, they're punishing people, and I hope they tell Justin Fields that. He almost didn't have a first down the other day I because saw that, they yeah, were yeah. mismarking him. He was yeah. going toward the sideline. He slid before the sideline. He was a yard and a half on the other side, and the, 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 the person on the sideline's moving. What, what, the, what are you doing? Yeah. What is wrong with you?
I mean, what the f- are you looking at? Come on. It's such a crock of shit. And like I said, I've seen so much bad officiating and so many horrific calls this year uh, that there's no way I could put a dollar on anything in the NFL. Now, maybe touchdowns, yeah. individual touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody hit a 14-legger on that one, won $470,000. Like um, maybe that. But even then, DeAndre Swift was almost in a couple of times, and he had Swift in his. Swift finally popped at the end of the game. Uh, but it, it looked like Swift was in, and they said his knee had touched the ground on a play where he was running and right. changed course. And so he didn't get one. So it almost looked like, geez, they didn't give that one to him. How they, they went back, looked at it, and they didn't put him in. And the other one was uh, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco yeah. looked like he was going to be in. They called a penalty a couple times, and then he finally got in at the end of the game. And the guy had a wager on Pacheco, too. Oh, that's right. I, I This just yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. He had a... Uh, yeah. Fourteen legger, he had a five dollar wager on Christmas Day. What on fourteen legs, fourteen legs of it, he got it, and he went into the next day too. Because wasn't Kansas City on uh, Monday? Kansas City was on Monday. Well, that was Christmas Day. Ah, it was Christmas Christmas Day. Yeah. So I think he double dipped. He had him on both days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. hey man, he. That's an interesting one. Let me ask you this. And there was a lot of points scored this weekend. This is one of them rare weeks where it looked like uh, you know of sixteen games. I bet you 10 or 11 of them were overs. Oh, yeah. There was yeah. a lot of points. A lot of overs this week. A lot of So if you were looking to bet touchdowns, this was the week to bet touchdowns. <laughs> if you're Justin or if you're uh, Matt Eberflus, should he be doing something more to protect his quarterback? All we keep hearing is we're no, sending in the tape. No. We're sending in the tape. No, what What are you gonna do? You're gonna you you're gonna cry. I, I think the, you're gonna you're gonna tip over the drink table and send all the drinks flying. What are you gonna do? I, I all you say, can do is you can legitimately complain. Yeah. And tell him you're doing it again. You're not protecting my guy. Yeah. And then at the end you say they're not protecting my quarterback. My quarterback. I is feel like that's the part we're not. And getting. he's getting in. So, you know, sending it into the officials is great, but bitching about it in public would help you a little bit. Yeah, I feel like that's the part we're not getting. And and that right, like Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes were 210% wrong to snap about Kadarius Tony being offsides. He was so offsides, it was egregious. Yes. It was ridiculous. Yes. But that was only the uh first time that a wide receiver had been called for that play. There had been eleven offensive offside calls I believe uh, nine of them were on tush push. One was on a tight end that was offsides lined up. That was the first one on a receiver. Since then, we've seen it called every week. Oh, yeah. And, and listen. Every week because this, the NFL doesn't want to look back. This is what the NFL is uh, wonderful in, too. Points of emphasis. Yeah. Though the, the, the office in the memo out to all the officials are point of emphasis this week, and they'll send out six videos of what they're exactly talking about. Yeah. When you see this, this is what we want flagged. The next week you'll come in and you'll see a, a penalty hadn't been called all year. All of a sudden gets called. And mm. that's what the NFL does. We have a point of emphasis. Point of emphasis. Coming into the air, we've got a point of emphasis. We've got a point of emphasis. Like when they changed the uh, roughing penalty on the quarterback, all of a sudden you, you looked at the quarterback wrong and it was a penalty. <laughs> I saw a Chuck Cecil highlight film yesterday, yeah. a couple of days ago. Just communicate with some of the guys in the 91 Green Bay Packard team just before the holidays. And somebody put a, uh, a YouTube video up of Chuck Cecil when he hit Dave Meggett and he hit L2 and he hit the guys from like uh, Brett Don't Pay the Perryman with the Detroit Lions playing the league. 
Yeah, you know, they suspended <laughs> that guy from what is it Pittsburgh? Yeah, that hit on Montez uh, Perfect. Pittman, and not Vontez Perfect. The the safety. Oh, uh, uh, um, the safety from Pittsburgh on the the hit for on the Indianapolis Colts, Michael Pittman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What he, they suspended him for Michael Pittman, the guy he just got hit. The, he Pittman was laying out. Hit. He yeah, was yeah, laying yeah. out this way. Yeah, because the ball was thrown very poorly. Yeah, he went and just put a shoulder in. What he's got to defend the play. Yeah. Now I guess he's had previous incidents and accidents, and that's why they uh, did what they did and suspended him. I guess for a couple of games, but. Look at the film of Chuck Cecil. Yeah. And look at what he used to do. Dave Meggett went out of bounds after he got hit by him. He had one more yard to gain, and rather than take a hit from Cecil, he went out of bounds. It's the hardest hit you ever That's the type of effect. What's the hardest Doug hit you Plank, ever saw? Doug Plank on Jimmy Giles. I saw in a preseason game uh, our corner, Dave Thomas. Uh, we're in San Francisco. It was August of 97. And Jerry Rice was coming across the football field, and Steve Young threw him the football. And Dave Thomas decleated Jerry Rice to where he was vertical on the football field in the air like this. I'd love to see if somebody ever got a picture of it. I mean, it's fantastic. It was incomplete, and Rice, you know, hit the ground. Yeah. And um, I, don't right we, back I don't even know if we won the game. I had a sack in the game. I don't even remember. My birthday was coming up, so I was a happy camper. Um. You know, but that's one of the hardest hits. But anything Doug Plank and Fensick yeah. did in the 70s, Chuck Cecil, he, he hit like a mother. You got to go back to Jack Tatum, but Jack Tatum was an idiot who intentionally tried to hurt people. Mm-hmm. Chuck just tried to hit people hard. Yeah, Chuck didn't want to hurt you. You got hurt because Chuck hit you. But uh, Cecil was a bad, and he was 178 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, He had the biggest shoulder pads in the world to kind of prevent injury because he was going to throw it in there. Chuck would throw himself in there. Those are the ones that always. Palomalu couldn't hit. Not no, like Chuck no, Cecil. No, those are the ones Lynch that, couldn't always, hit. Those Not are like ones that always throw me off, right? Because yeah. to me, everybody thinks about like that defense where like Troy Palomalu, he's laying a boom. He's it. Yeah. Ryan Clark was the one that I was worried about on that defense yeah. because Ryan Clark came flying in like a missile. Yeah. I, I Literally, there was there was a hit. I want to say in, I don't even remember what year it was, but the next year was the year where everything is, we can't be hitting like this anymore. You, you can't leave your feet. You can't do, because Ryan Clark was the guy that was, and it's always the guys that are the thinner, smaller guys. Not only that, but if receivers can run across the field, uh, Scott free, not even thinking about anything ever happening to him. Yeah. Well, sure. He can go climb the ladder and go get a ball. That's 10 feet up there. If you can't touch him. Yeah. Oh, let's wait for him to make the catch. Let's uh, let him come down. But there was, there was no. You went in the middle of the football field. You were going to pay a price back yeah. in the day. How do you? How do you get back unprotected? To- how are you unprotected? You're not unprotected. You know you're going up into the air. Gather yourself. Yes. You know when you're there, you expect to be hit. Catch the ball, and you better turtle and expect to get hit. Nowadays, they can jump up in the air, come down, and hit the ground running, not even care because they know they can't get hit. And that's what Tom Brady had talked about with it, right? And Lance said the same thing, kind of where guys' technique has fallen off because you don't have to protect yourself anymore. Right. Yeah. You're not seeing as good of offense. You're not seeing as good of caliber receiver because – or on the defensive side, you're getting robbed of players taking that next step because they have to take just a half a second to say, let them land. Yeah. Let them think about it. Let me now find I can out. Hit Let me get my head out of there. Which shoulder am I going to yeah. hit with? I don't want to be too mean to them. 
But one because guy- trust me, when a pass comes over the middle, you instinctively you'll see a ref, the pass is going over the middle, and there they go. Yeah. Wherever the flag is, here or it's right here in their thing. They got a hand on the flag. They can't wait to make a call <laughs> on roughing the wide receiver. Yeah. Or you were too mean to him. Yeah. You were mean to him. You looked at him wrong. Let's throw the penalty. Flag. The dumbest one to me is still the fact that when the quarterback uh, uh, gets sacked, if I if I land my body on you, yeah, that that that's roughing the passer. See, like I, that is uh, mind blowing to so me. So there's a difference. There's a way to hurt a quarterback where you pin his arm and drive his shoulder into the ground. Now I think that should be a penalty. 100. Um, percent But if you're not securing the body and you're not turning him and driving a shoulder into the ground. And you're just you hit him and and you and know, fall like you're a three hundred pound man. Ninety five percent of the time, these guys are trying to roll off anyway. Yeah. So I I think that's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, I'm all for protecting the quarterback, but protecting from the quarterback from the original injury. Yeah. You know the 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 intentional injury where a guy drives a shoulder and pins the arm. That to me, that's the penalty. Yeah. And that's a problem. It's it's. It's definitely gone the other way. I will say this. In NFL, I never thought that we would get to where hitting people is a penalty. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, like, are we still playing football out here, guys? Now, listen, that hip drop tackle, I think, is a dirty play. And I've always thought it's a dirty play. That's where a guy comes from behind or on the shoulder high and then slings his legs. DJ Moore just got the ankle just got legs into there. To me, that's a dirty play. That's that's dirty. Now, see, and, and I've I, seen that before. We've done. I've seen guys' ankles just get blown to smithereens. I asked, I asked J Mac about this, Jason That's McKee, dirty. um, and I asked Lance Briggs about this. And Briggs was like, "You got to do whatever you can to make a tackle." Yeah. J Mac kind dirty. of echoed that as well, but he was like, "There's a better way to do it. We don't yeah. teach that." So that's something. So I was like, are, are people teaching this? Are people putting this out there? Or is this just guys doing it? Because it looks like a technique to me. When I saw it, uh, who was the young man? He, uh, The quarterback well, in college got his leg snapped like same week Mark yeah. Andrews did, right? And it's, it, it looks like it's literally just stick your legs out, drop it, your body it's, weight. It's a lazy tackle is what it is. It's lazy. Yeah. It's a rather than getting to a guy, wrapping him up and driving through his upper body. I know I can get him down if I just throw my legs into his legs. The problem is they're susceptible to injury. Yeah. And if you don't give a rat's ass, you're going to end up hurting more than one people. There there were guys that hurt multiple people with that crappy tackle. Yeah. That that should be illegal. That's a garbage play. And that's a choice made by the individual. Do I drive through him and bring him down to the ground, or do I do it the lazy way? And to me, it's a lazy way of tackling. That's what it is. I feel like it's it's – a lot of times we see it when guys are trying to catch people from behind, too. or or the side, yeah, or the side, right? right? Like it's it's almost or like like a horse collar type. Like a, yeah, I just got to get it, in there. It's either way. A guy's in pursuit of a guy coming down. Yeah, and it's starting to get away, and then he grabs the shoulder pad and then swings into the leg. Yeah, yeah. that's it's. I I've asked that. I've asked multiple players that because to me. Yeah. That's something that we're, we're outlawing the, the tush me, push because yeah. of how dangerous it is. We've literally right. seen four people. That's dirty. That's get dirty. get their legs snapped yeah. with this this year. Yeah, that's dirty. Now, I don't. The only caveat I guess I would ask is, is this just the hot topic now or yeah, has this no been comment. an issue? No, this has been there for a while. This Because I don't are, remember a season. just noticing it. Yeah, I don't remember a season. Oh, and maybe happened. it just didn't stand out it's where happened. there were this many guys yeah. getting hurt from it. Nope, it's it's happened. Yeah you go back and you look at all the games you'll find a number of different instances where a guy's gotten hurt on the same similar style play yeah 
Yeah, it, it's it's awful. It's one like of those it. plays that I don't, I don't like. like I definitely don't like it. Uh, finishing it off, Yerk. Appreciate the show. Love it. Ever, always a great conversation with Yerk. Me and EO playing these shows, and we like Yerk's coming. He's got it. Uh, this Sunday, Atlanta Falcons. What do you need to see? Atlanta's tough. Good defense. Really think, good yeah, defense. I think Atlanta's tough. You got yourself a better defense than you had last week. Um, I don't know how successful you'll be running the ball. I hate the side screens. Get rid of them. I don't want to see them ever again. Lou Getzey hates uh, a slant, I'm, don't I'm he? I'm tired. Um, <laughs> he hates you, a slant. Utilize, yeah, utilize <laughs> Herbert. Um, utilize your play-action passing game. Utilize Justin Fields as a weapon. Listen, he, he can run. That's what you want him to do now. Yeah. Okay? Even if it's 10, 12 times a game, I don't care. This is the way it is. You want to win football games, you got to win football games the way you can. Uh, I think the defense is going to have to step up and play. Uh, they had no turnovers last week. They had two sacks. Uh, I thought they played very well. Um, they had a little bit of a lull. Yeah. You know, it's hard to be 60 minutes. I guess it's impossible to kind of carry that intensity the whole day. Uh, the other side does get paid too. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for them to have a workmanlike effort. Yeah. And to win a game. There's a team that's a little bit better than them. They're not phenomenally better than them. It's going to be a team that they're even, and they're going to come in here, and it's going to be uh, a, a game in Chicago. Yeah, and the Bears should have a definitive advantage, and I should the Bears should win by seven, eight points. Yeah, no, this That's is not even a complicated uh, thing for me. The Green Bay game will be tougher. The Green Bay game will be tougher. Yeah, Jordan Love's a better quarterback than Justin Fields, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's not even it's not even close. I want you to know that it's tough. Jordan Love is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. He just is. Stuff. One can argue. You can argue all day, and you can sit there and argue with yourself. I made the statement. I just walk out of the room. That's it. Mic drop. Don't need to hear nothing. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. Okay? And that's just the way it is. Now, if you want to say he's a more dynamic quarterback, Justin Fields, go ahead. It depends what your de- definition of dynamic is. Right. But he is a quarterback in the true sense of the word, Jordan Love. He sits in the pocket. He's he, a quarterback he in, really a, in, a, in the truest yeah. sense of the word. He's a quarterback. He runs if he has Justin to. Justin Fields is a new new style, new school quarterback Yeah, um, that has to do it with his legs as much as he's going to do it with his arm. And his legs are much more proficient than his arm is. That's just the way it is. As long as you understand what you have and, and you build around it and, and you try to take advantage of what kind of quarterback you have, right. then you'll be in pretty good shape. If you try to make him a drop-back passer, you're going to be frustrated. We'll see what they do. All right. It's going to be a long offseason. Yeah, I'm calling for a victory. <laughs> Call it for a victory. Yerk's calling it here. I hope we do get a victory because uh just makes Packer week all that more interesting. But, hey, for John Yerkovich, Shaboy Path, the designer, back at it again. Drop a bear down in the comments below. Appreciate you guys tuning in and showing love. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Right now. Peace.